0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: It is a live edition of the Believe in Steelers show. Welcome in. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and Pittsburgh Steelers scout. He wore the number 24 for the beloved Pittsburgh Steelers. Ike Taylor, IT, I am happy to see your face. It is Friday, and NFL Week 8 is here.
0: Good morning, Mark. It is Friday. Uh, what a way to start the weekend, so say. But yeah, Pittsburgh went into LA, got a nice little victory in a hectic environment, so say. If you look at all the videos on social media, if you looked at the game. If you ain't know no better, you thought it was a home game. I guess it's gonna be the same way when we play Jacksonville. But you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh still a nation, man. All they do is travel the world and they travel well.
1: Yeah, Ike. We'll talk about the terrible towels and going back home to Pittsburgh and the matchup against Jacksonville. Let's TCB and let's take care of business. BetOnline.ag is today's presenting sponsor of the Believe in Steelers show. So if you have a bet on any. Of the NFL Week 8 action, betonline.ag is the place to do it.
0: 365, 7 regardless on what sport it is, make sure y'all check out betonline.ag.
1: You can see the promo code on your screen right now. That's B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Ike Steelers hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars, both teams with winning records. Going into this one as well. And to me, the key is as simple as this. There's really two, and they are cliches, but it is starting fast and it is avoiding turnovers. The Jaguars lead the league in takeaways. I will point to several other stats about the Steelers starting slow this season, but that's what I want to see in this week's matchup.
0: Yeah, Mark, um, this is this is if, for me, just gonna see if we're a playoff team because the Jacksonville Jaguars last year was a playoff team. The Jacksonville Jaguars came down from 18 plus deficit against the L.A. L.A. Uh, Charges to to win the game, so they they playoff built. Um, Pittsburgh, us us in Pittsburgh, haven't been to the playoffs in a while. So for me, I look at this as a as a bar, a barometer on where are we at when it comes down to playing playoff teams. So I feel like we both got the same roster. Me meaning the Steelers and the Jaguars when it comes down to a young stud at the quarterback position, when it comes down to having running backs at the running back position, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, Kenny Pickett, Trevor Lawrence, when it comes down to having receivers, uh, they acquired Calvin Ridley, so we all know what he was before he got in his situation. We have a hoist of of, uh, receivers when it comes down to George, Deontay and company. So I just look at it like from a roster standpoint, Mark, us just looking at each other in the mirror. So um, for me, um, I'm looking at, you know, playoff contentions when I look at the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jacksonville Jaguars. But we always, as players, um, when I played, Mark, we always looked at it like Jacksonville, like the Steelers of the South.
1: You've told me that before, Ike.
0: And that's and that's the, the rosters between Jacksonville Baltimore and the Steelers, we, for some reason, we just feel like we are trying to build the same kind of roster. We all looking for the same kind of players, you know? So it's just Jacksonville down in sunny Florida. So they they get that good weather pretty much year round. But other than that, man, I always had respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars and that organization because we always just felt like Jacksonville um, at one particular time was the Pittsburgh Steelers, of the Like right, That's well said. And so
1: the keys for me, I'm going to go to really quickly would be uh, Jacksonville leading the league in takeaway 16 from a defensive standpoint right now. And they're uh, five and two, I believe going into this game. So they get multiple takeaways per game on average. And then the Steelers offense, where you go through a six game sample size and you only have seven points, seven offensive points, I should say, to show for that, so that's where I need Pittsburgh to. There are cliches, Ike, but there's a reason why they are cliches, and it's like I think we finally started to see the Steelers' offense in the fourth quarter of that game against the Rams, kind of showcase a little bit what we saw in the preseason.
0: Yeah. Um. For 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 me, Mark. Um. You know. You know, when it comes down to checking the temperature on the team, you always gotta listen to a, how players talk um after or before the game or during the week. They telling you the story if you just listen. And Najee, honestly, I think Najee actually woke up. Najee said he ran with attitude. Najee said the temperature in practice has been amped, meaning more aggressive, uh, more urgency. So, and Najee, you know, he's 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 like a uh Najee don't mind speaking his mind. He just speaks it in a professional manner. So, and when, when he talks, when Najee talks, I listen. So I, I was just, and we talked about this, you know, we talked about the attitude, the, the toughness, the mentality on playing the LA Rams, you know? And we talked about Najee sticking his foot in the ground Getting downhill, we talked about Najee talking smack. I ain't really, I ain't really never seen Najee actually talk smack like that in the game. So I feel like off of what Najee is saying, you know, everybody's getting back on board, like, hey, we got to get back to this bully ball. You know, and, and I and I and I thought Najee led Charge with that. And finally, um, I'm thinking Najee just like woke up. Like man, I didn't had enough, and finally, I think Najee is finally healthy. So, um, that's 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 like one of the keys for me for the Pittsburgh Steelers starting fast and playing bullet ball for sixty minutes for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, it's sunshine, and what I what I mean by sunshine. Hey, is Hang, hang Clark- on,
1: I let, let me interrupt you really quickly here because hold your thought about the Jaguars and the, and the key to Trevor Lawrence because uh, I want to I want to talk about Najee for just a second here. Talk to him. I've praised Jalen Warren and his ability to refuse to go down. We saw that in the Baltimore game when we were both in Pittsburgh a few weeks back. Mm -hmm. Najee Harris had that against the Rams where it was the play before the touchdown where he broke. I don't know how many tackles and it took multiple defenders to get him down. He almost scored on the play and it set up one of the Steelers touchdowns from close out. It was that run that sets the attitude of a defender saying, oh my gosh, what is it going to take to get this guy on the ground? That play to me, if you could take one with Najee Harris is the play that I think about when you talk about the attitude that he's running with.
0: Yeah, for me, Mark, Najee bounced to the outside a few times and I'm like, nah, Najee North and South, that thing no East and western. And if I ain't know no better, I thought he heard me. So as soon as he starts sticking his foot in the ground, he just start running with the attitude. And, and and then when you look at it from afar and I've never seen Najee like talks, so I don't know if he was talking smack to himself. I don't know if he was talking smack to, to the LA Rams, but it's like, hey, this is what y'all are in for for the next blase, blase minutes. Y'all gonna have to deal with this 6'3", something pounder, just running with the attitude right now. So whoever gonna be in my way, it's gonna be a long day. And once I saw that, I'm like, all right, then we, we we in good hands so and that's and that's from a fan from a fan perspective I'm talking as a fan from Najee man that's exactly what you want you want them three or four yards you want them third and threes you want them third and twos them manageable situations to where like we can really open the playbook or if we really need to go for it on fourth down man we can hand that thing off to Najee or Jalen but you know you putting us in a situation where we got options and I thought all that started. You know, off of Najee in his attitude. So for the spark, and we're always talking about Jalen Warren being the spark, which he is, every time he get in, he just make plays all day, every day. That's just him. But for the attitude-wise, <laughs> you know, Najee is the tone setter. Najee sets the tone for me. And it was good to see um how aggressive, how pissed off, how mad he was running against the LA Rams.
1: One area I'd like to see the Steelers offense utilize Najee Harris is in the passing game. He's demonstrated to do that in previous seasons. It's an element we haven't seen as much this season. That being said, I know the Steelers use their backs and pass protection a lot of times And both he and Jalen Warren have demonstrated the ability to do that and to do that at a pretty proficient level, Ike. So that's just one thing where it's like, okay, if you want to be a little bit more creative than to say, Hey, let's just not snap the ball and turn it, hand it off to Najee in the passing game. He's demonstrated the ability to do that in previous years. Why exactly is not being asked to do that. Now that would be a creative way that you could get him the football. And Ike, you mentioned this all the time and we're now into late October. These are now the months where, when Najee Harris is going to earn his due, this is when it's going to be. When we're getting into this time of the year,
0: I told you. I, 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 we say that we say this every year, you and I on the show, Mark. Our fifth season together, right? Hey, listen, God is good. Hey, listen. After Halloween, it's Najee time. <laughs> It's Najee, y'all. Y'all, everything, everything can look cute, but after Halloween, this is when football really starts. This is when yeah. football really starts. You feel me? And wh- what kind of back you want? I need them Najee Harris's. I need them Jalen Warrens. I need them Derrick Henrys. I need, I need, I need them big bruises. I need them Travis ETNs. I need them big bruises. I need in the fourth, the third or fourth quarter when it's twenty-five degrees outside and you taking the soul out of a team's defense and you like, golly, I got to tackle this dude again. And then it's like, golly, I got to tackle this dude again. Then it's like, I'm gonna go on and let this receiver just block me down the field. Then it's like, man, I can't wait to get to the sideline. Then it's like, man, I can't wait to go home. (laughs) You feel me? (laughs) Them the the Najee's effect, you know? Once, Once after Halloween, this is this is this is Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, time. You feel me? So that's that's how I looked at it. You know, for 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 me, you know, my defense and my linebackers—they brainwashed me, man. They, you know, but I ain't, ain't no no better. Back in the day, we was we was going against the Najees, the Corey Dillon's, the mm-hmm. Jamal Lewis's, the Rudy Johnsons, the uh, the Eddie George. Like all, all I knew was big back the. Deuce Staley's, the Jerome in training camp. All I knew was Big Back. I ain't know nothing else but big backs. So going against a big back wasn't nothing for me because I had a big back at home. And Jerome and Jerome Bettis, you know? So, but nowadays, these guys in, in the late, in the late run of the season, this where they make their money. They did a cowbell, they the workhorse, did the Clydesdales, they, they all that. So It's about to be good for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Najee moving forward, my mind.
1: Yes, yes. Want to check in with Terry. He says, good morning. Mark and Ike, go Steelers. Terry, thank you for watching live and checking in. Throughout this discussion, if any of the people watching this live have questions, Ike, we will weave them into today's discussion here on a live edition of the Believe in Steelers show. But Ike, I do want to get back to, you were mentioning what the keys were for Trevor Lawrence. We call him sunshine here on this show. He's earned that nickname for us. I, I, I want to say this, too, really quickly, Ike. Um, his comment about the little towels, totally taken out of context. Like, go and watch the clip. I don't think he meant anything by it. It's not like when T.J. Zada is using the terrible towel to polish off his cleats uh, in advance of the playoff game when he was playing you guys back in the day. Totally taken out of context. That's my two cents for from actually watching the clip and not just reading what I see on social media. But Ike, you were mentioning the key with Trevor Lawrence in this Jaguars offense.
0: Trevor runs the show. Trevor, Trevor is, Trevor is Jacksonville. You know? Um, what I like about what I like about Trev is nothing phases Trevor Lawrence. You feel me? So, and we saw how they started what's what sticks out in my mind was last year's playoff game and it's, it's two different tales of one half from the other the first half when they play the Chargers, it's like Lee, you couldn't pick up you couldn't pick a worse half to have as a quarterback the second half you like <laughs> you couldn't pick a better half to have as a quarterback and usually quarterbacks when you talk about a tail of two tapes for me as a player, former player, when it stuck, what stuck out in my mind mark was like oh, he just erased the whole first half. Like the whole first half didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So moving forward as a teammate when you have a quarterback like that, you just like, oh so we always good. The game ain't never out of reach. <laughs> you feel me? Next you play, guys, next play. Yeah. yeah, when you got a young quarterback, a young at that a young quarterback like Okay, guys, I had the horrible first half. Y'all just bear with me for the next 30 minutes and we're gonna mess around and win this game. <laughs> kind of attitude. And that's and that's and that's Trevor, and that's Trevor Lawrence. So um, for me, like I say, I just now that I'm in the scouting world, Mark, I'm looking at how the roster. Rosters are built, and it's veteran guys on offensive defensive side on both teams leaning more towards younger guys on offensive and defense and enough guys in their prime to to lead charge. And for me, it's just like looking at each other in the mirror, <laughs> you know, mm. that, that's, 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 that's all it is. So now for me is what team, what young studs, what veteran guys, what guys in their prime gonna make the most plays. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say this about every game because it's not like every game. I just look at the Jacksonville roster and the Pittsburgh Steelers roster, and I'm like, we got the same kind of same kind of roster. You know, but for me, for Jacksonville, it's Trevor. It's Trevor. For us in Pittsburgh, it's TJ. It's TJ Watt. It's, it's how TJ Watt plays is how the Pittsburgh Steelers going to play.
1: Let's stay with with Lawrence really quickly, and we can go to TJ. We do have a viewer question that I want to get to as well, Ike. So hang on just a second here. Let me steer the ship. We talk all the time with quarterbacks and young quarterbacks. Let's look at his coaching. Doug Peterson, to where he makes Carson Wentz look really good, playing at an MVP level when the Eagles won the Super Bowl all those years ago. And then Nick Foles comes in and doesn't miss a beat. And, oh, well, why is Trevor Lawrence looking good all of a sudden when he starts his career with Urban Meyer? It's coaching, Ike. We talk about this all the time with young quarterback development.
0: I mean, if we ain't know no better, man, we need to start giving Doug, Coach Doug Peterson his props as a quarterback whisper. Because, I mean, after after Wentz left, after Doug left Wentz, we see what happened. After, after Nick, it, it, you saw what he did with Nick. Nick, when Nick Foles went on the run, like, oh man, this is a playoff Eli Manning <laughs> for, for real. And we saw how Trevor looked under Coach Erb. And now we're seeing exactly what he's doing with Coach Doug. So gotta start giving Coach Doug Peterson's props when it comes down to grooming and knowing what to do with quarterbacks, which is the most important position in NFL football. So big shout out. I'm I'm glad you mentioned his name. Big shout out to Coach Doug Peterson.
1: Ike, we will go to TJ Watt. We have a viewer question that's along these same Mm -hmm. lines. Mm -hmm. Uh, Terry checking in again saying, how do we help fourth quarter KP8 Kenny Pickett, to show up in the first quarter? I think this is a great question. For me, it would be, don't be afraid to run the hurry up a bit. That's what I've seen. We talk about it all the time too, Ike establishing the play action. Like one of the things that, okay, you self scout, but then you look at what other teams are doing in the league too. I can show you the statistics and show, okay, how's Trevor Lawrence had success this year? He loves his tight end, Evan Ingram. The Steelers at the tight end position have depth there. I'd like to see them target their tight ends more often. I think the Steelers passing game is going to get more right though. With Deontay Johnson back on the field, pairing with George Pickens I think that combination is just going to get better and better and better in the coming weeks. But, yeah, I mean, I would take some of the tape of, okay, what worked in the fourth quarter with Kenny Pickett? And can we implement that earlier on in the game so you can play with a lead versus either playing a tight game or having to overcome a deficit? But what do you think about this, Ike?
0: Hurry, hurry up offense. I come out with a hurry up offense just to give Kenny, Kenny in a rhythm ASAP. Cause if you look at it, every time they're every time they go in hurry up mode, it's like Kenny gets in a rhythm. He's locked in. Yeah, and that's and that's usually in the fourth quarter, you know. So for me, off the rip, you know, I'm st- I'm starting off with the hurry up offense, you know. Hey, Najee Najee Najay in the backfield. I'm on the center. Bam, hurry up offense. Let's 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 keep it down to to third and threes, third and twos. So if I'm, if I'm the OC, if I was the OC, I would definitely start off the game with the hurry up offense just to give, you know, KP um, in rhythm.
1: Yeah. You have to keep in mind the time of possession and that's not to say abandon the run. I think you could play with some tempo Ike and not necessarily have to snap it. Okay. Let's sprint up to the line of scrimmage and snap it within 10 or 15 seconds but you can run tempo and especially keeping players on the field. If there are matchups that you like, and you prevent the defense from being able to substitute as well, then maybe you make the defense burn a timeout. Like we saw that come into effect. We talked about this with the Rams game where when the Rams didn't have any timeouts, they didn't have any challenges left. The management of the clock and you put your opponent in, in a bad position because the Rams couldn't challenge the spot of the ball. In that Kenny Pickett sneak last week was outside of two minutes, so like that's what that can do to where if a defense is reeling, hey, we got to do something to get the package or the personnel in there to be able to stop an opposing offense that's just going to continue to move the ball when you play with tempo. Being aware of time of possession though is also important, Ike.
0: Yeah, so what I, what I mean by hurry up offense, um, getting to the line and letting and letting Kenny uh, digest. What's going on on the defensive side? You ain't mm-hmm. got to snap the ball fast. So what I mean is not being, not getting the play in late, not rushing Kenny, having 10 seconds and Kenny wants to audible a call, but he can't. I'm talking about getting the play in ASAP, letting, letting the line get their fronts called, run, run a motion or two, let Kenny see if it's in man or zone. And okay, now I'm ready to play football. Keep the same guys on the field if you want to, so when I, when I mean by a hurry up, I mean, by hurry up, by having enough time on the clock. So Kenny can see what the heck is going on and him getting in his rhythm mentally, mentally. So, okay. Now the game has slowed down to me. This is what they're doing in this personnel. This is what Jacksonville Who's Jacksonville bringing in, in this personnel. Okay. How can I counter this? So when I mean by a hurry up offense, I'm not talking nothing like a college offense how the Colorado Buffaloes, how they get in and get out ASAP. North
1: Carolina is the same way, I
0: North Carolina, how they get in and get out ASAP. I'm talking about a hurry-up offense as is when going no well, we get into the line of scrimmage, hold the personnel, hold the substitutions, let Kenny Pickett see what the hell going on, run a quick motion across or run a short motion, regardless whether it's in man or zone. All right, I got 10 seconds, five, digest the information. Boom, I know I'm going. So that's 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 what I mean when I'm talking about a hurry-up offense from an NFL standpoint.
1: Like from a defensive perspective, when that type of style of offense has been run against you as a player, are you just like I know that so and so can't guard the opposing offensive skill position player. What does that do to you as a defensive player?
0: You got to talk across the field. So when you when when you're not in a hurry-up, we get when when we huddling up, we get to talk. I get to communicate with my defensive guys in the huddle a like hey, bro anticipate this, 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 and this on this down the distance, what their personnel coming in and out when, a, when the line ain't huddling, you got to communicate all the way across the field. You got to communicate. The linebackers got to communicate with the safeties. The safeties got to communicate with the corners. Then the linebackers got to communicate with the front. So everything, and it might just, it might just be that one person that get that didn't get that, that message. So when you, when you hurry it up like that, and I ain't talking about a college hurry up, when you hurry up the offense like that, you have a chance of messing up the communication on the defensive side. And that's all you need for one person to not be on page on defense, especially in that secondary. So that's, that's, that's the advantage I think it is for the offense. It messes up the communication um, because we're not able to huddle and anticipate and talk about what's going on we got to talk from the west side of America all the way to the the east side of America at, at a distance with 70 something thousand people talking and cheering in the stands.
1: Ike, speaking of defense, I promised we'd get back to him. TJ Watt, we're mm-hmm. going to continue. Uh, Bet Online has him as the favorite, as the defensive player of the year thus far this season. I think mm-hmm. that is warranted. Um, The key with the Steelers is going to be his success off the edge because he sets the tone for this entire defense. And Ike, I just hope he can continue to play at a high level. And I'm hoping that he can show out for his former teammate, your former teammate, James Harrison, who's going into the Steelers' ring of honor during this game. So I hope he can provide a proper tribute to one of the NFL's most intimidating defensive players that we've ever seen.
0: Yeah, God willing, i beat up. To for my, for my dog, uh, Debo. Um, but at the same time, that's TJ, man. Like, when you have depth at the outside linebacker position, you ain't really got to press or keep TJ in the game all the time. TJ's able between Herbert and uh, who are the outside, Marcus linebacker.
1: Golden, Alex Highsmith. Yeah, my- <clears throat> it's almost like, like, really quickly, it's almost like a designated hitter in baseball where well, we don't need him to play the field, but we need him to deliver. When it's his time to step up to the
0: plate, yeah, he's he's able to get rest. I, I, I feel I like when TJ on the sideline sometimes, and he getting a he getting a drink of water because he's able to come off the field because he knows a backup or two that's gonna come in and 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 get a series and, and him stay fresh. I, I like it. I like the depth that we have at the outside linebacker position. So for me, that's exactly what I want as a coach. Like. I'm checking the temperature. So TJ feels good now, if he needs a break, he understands he got two people behind him um, that can come in and not miss a beat. I mean, they're not TJ Watt, but at the same time, TJ like, hey, let me get Golden, let me get Herbert. Hey, let them two boys get some, some of this burn right quick. Let me catch a break. For me, that's good. So now TJ don't feel like he have to do anything extra or spectacular. Now TJ can just play and sometimes when you're catching the break, you're able to see what the offense is doing or trying to do. And once you and once you give a guy like TJ, once he gets in the rhythm and he's able to get on one knee, catch a break, catch his water, and check the temperature on the field from a coaching standpoint. But he's a player. He's like, okay, this is what they're trying to do. Next series, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my move on this play if coach put me in this coverage or I'm gonna wind up doing this move on this tackle, or if the tight end is trying to chip me, I'm gonna wind up splitting between him and the tight. Like he gets to see things differently now. So that's what I like the depth at our outside linebacker position is letting TJ be TJ. And for him not to force, we're not forcing TJ to be something he's not, which he's ET, um, <laughs> but at the, but at the <laughs> same time, I, I like that TJ is now getting the rest he needs because he know when he needs to come in and make a play, he's going to be able to make that play.
1: Yeah. Ike, I, uh, when we were at the game against the Ravens, the thing I noticed in person, you mentioned leaving the field. Uh, he had the dislocated finger. He comes out for a few plays, goes back in, which is just remarkable. It's something right. he'll need surgery on in the off season. But in the first half of that game, I noticed he was extremely wide in his splits uh, in trying to defend the passing lanes of Lamar Jackson. And when we had Daniel Wilcox on, he says, when you're defending Lamar, it's almost like in kickoff coverage where you've got a lane to fill. And if you don't fill that lane, and if you get out of your lane, that's where Lamar is going to exploit you with his scrambling ability. The adjustment I noticed he made in the second half was his splits weren't as wide as they were in the first half. You go back and watch the tape of that one, and that's something where it's like I noticed that in person of an adjustment that he and the Steelers' defense made, and I don't exactly remember when he had his two sacks in that game against the Ravens, but I would be willing to bet good money that they came in the second half of that game, and it was just an adjustment that he made when, hey, we're off the field. Hey, we're going to try to do things a little bit differently and maybe be a little bit more aggressive against Lamar, given what the Steelers needed at that point in the game to actually win the ball game as well. But T.J. Watt, I mean, again, Fred Warner, I think, can be in the discussion, but everyone else is in second or third place when it comes to the Defensive Player of the Year awards, at least in my opinion, as and it Mark, stands right now. Go ahead,
0: Ike. Hey, shout-out to Terry for coming up with the questions, too. Shout-out, to Terry, too, for tuning mm-hmm. in with Mark and I live. Um, But, Mark, I mean...
1: Terry likes your E.T. Watt reference. I <laughs> hey,
0: so appreciate it. I mean, TJ, he he's a mix, he's a mix of every position. We've never seen an outside linebacker with that mixture all in one. You know, so we've never seen 80 85 and a half tackles over 40 something pass deflections 7 interceptions forced fumbles fumble recoveries when you when you put up them stats you think defense you're not thinking one person when you say 41 pass deflections when you say 85 and a half some sacks when you say 10 forced fumbles when you say seven interceptions, when you say over 20-something calls us we ain't even talking about pressures. When you say in them stats, you're thinking like, oh, this is a heck of a defense. Nah, nah we talking about TJ. Oh, you just talking about one person. Yeah, we just talking about one person. So it, it, it blows my mind how instinctive TJ, that close on the line of scrimmage, Mark, that close on the line of scrimmage, his production.
1: Hey, um, like, when was the, When did you realize he was special, TJ? I mean, you could point to the consistency, but at what point we were like, this is just different. What we're watching here.
0: Two, I think it was two years ago. Um, two years ago, TJ TJ was getting against against the Ravens. TJ was getting triple teamed and just broke through the triple team. And this is this this is at the end of the game. Broke through the triple team. Got the sack. Forced a fumble. Sealed the deal for Pittsburgh to win the game. Are you thinking of the Seahawks
1: game? Because that's the memory I have in my mind, Ike. And we used to do the Taylor Talk film recaps. That's the one where, late in the game against Geno Smith, that's, that's the play I'm thinking of. And if this happened no, against I, the it, Ravens... It, it, it,
0: it. No, I'm not... T.J. got so many good plays. Like, we talk about T.J., for for this whole damn show, Mark. But yeah, I I know which one you're talking about because they that's when Gino and them came to Hinesville and TJ closed that, closed that thing. I remember that play. But yeah, we can talk about a lot, plenty of plays with TJ, but TJ just TJ just you really can't put your hand on it, man. The dude just that's why I call him ET. He just he's he just he's just different. When statistically off of the stats we was just talking about you looking at it, you, you thinking that's a whole defense. No, this is just one person, you know, but it's, it's, it's just mind blowing Mark because he's at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't have them kind of stats. Well, you do have, if your name is T.J. White, but usually you don't have them kind of stats as a player from an outside linebacker slash DN if we're playing a four three. They don't. All they have is forced fumbles, pressures, sacks, tackles for loss. But yeah, yeah, DFL. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's add some a few more categories. Mm-hmm. Over some forty-one pass deflections, seven interceptions, one to the crib.
1: See the pass deflections, Ike. Or if he passes you up, I can
0: see <laughs> respectful jealousy. In all honesty, it's just not, like not, not at a... man. Listen, listen, I. Listen, I hope he passed me up <laughs> off, off off, the subject. Me and DC, DC is Dan Colbert, uh mm-hmm. Kevin Colbert's son, former GM. Mm-hmm. Man, it's, it's 40, it's close to 40,000 kids who play division one, two II, or three football, right? Only 250 something get drafted, right? out of 40,000, only 250 something get drafted. And, depend, and depending on the position, say like if you play center, between eight to 12 of y'all get drafted, four might make it in four years, out of, out of 40,000. So TJ, TJ passed me up, for sure. Because ain't too many of us playing that game anyway. It's a needle in the haystack, <laughs> so say. But yeah, that was off that was off that was off script. That was off topic. But well, I was all thinking. I'm saying.
1: All I'm saying, Ike, is is the statistical output, and you mentioned this last week and I think in previous weeks. It's something you might expect from a defensive back, maybe a linebacker, but for a defensive back or linebacker. They're not putting up the sack totals. They're not putting up the tackles for loss. They're not putting up the forced fumbles and the fumble recoveries from quarterbacks.
0: You get all of the above with TJ Watt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't even say pass flexors with inside linebackers. You say pass deflections with corners.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So when you say 41 pass deflections, you was like, man, what corner are we talking about? No, we're talking about a uh, outside linebacker. Dang, who TJ? Y'all already know who we talk about. We talk about TJ, man. So the dude just—he 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 impressive and he different. And every, every time, every time you need a play, holla, TJ. <laughs> we're, we're
1: going to the moon with him, Mike. We're going to the moon with him and ET. Every time, every time you say that, it makes me laugh. I absolutely love it. Uh, we will get to the Steelers injury report and Cam Hayward coming back really quickly. Um, my prediction for this game, I, our listeners aren't going to want to hear this because the Steelers are playing well right now, but I've got the Jags winning 24 to 21. Uh, like you said, though, I think this is going to be really close. This is almost like a playoff game. Jags are two and a half point road favorites heading into Acrosure stadium this weekend. Um, really quickly with injuries, I'll rip through these and then we'll talk yeah. some about Cam Hayward coming back. Deontay Johnson did not practice Thursday. He did practice Wednesday. Kind of get the feeling where it's almost like they're making sure he's going to be good to go to sure You have that tandem with both Deontay and George Pickens. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi did not practice Thursday with a shoulder injury. And then Joey Porter Jr. was limited in practice. He says he'll be good to go for Sunday. Uh, Anthony McFarland has been back the last two practices as well, so he should be back in a special teams role for the Steelers. But Ike, the big one, and he won't be this week, but we've got the 21-day period. Cam Hayward coming back. He's taken off IR. He was a limited participant on Thursday in practice, but good to see him out on the practice field again. And when this defense gets him back out on the field, should be really, really special. I can't wait to see him. number ninety-seven <clears throat> wreaking havoc for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Man, already right now, future Hall of Famer. You can't tell me, you can't tell me what Cam in my mind he ain't going. Um, but getting to moving, staying put on on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Deontay, you got to put him on the pitch count in practice because you want him. You want you want to see him in stadiums on Sunday. So I, I totally understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, what's he was up with Larry? If if J P Junior said he's able to play, um, he's he's going to play. Uh, just just having Cam off of I R says a lot mentally <laughs> for us as still the fans give us a <sighs> breath of fresh air. So say can't wait to see him back on the field. But yeah, um, you 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 want it because we saw and you saw it's it's a huge relief off of Kenny when you have a Deontay and the george on the mm-hmm. field mm-hmm. at the same time the offense just looked different you know the play caller from a different perspective just looks different as well so um, you want to keep deontay as healthy as possible so you definitely want to pitch count him throughout practice and throughout the week yeah and that makes sense with the hamstring
1: injury I, yeah. because you can stretch and strengthen but with the hamstring especially mid-season right uh, rest is really the only thing that can help make sure that that's healthy and ready to go. Um, So we'll see. And I I do expect Deontay to play again and just his presence on the field, I think brings out the best in George Pickens, because if you want to take away one, the other one's going to cause problems for you. But with cam uh, they're saying uh, they hope he can return by November the 12th. That's a game against the green Bay Packers. There's a chance he returns for Thursday night football, November the second, against the Titans. But I would say this: he's thirty-four. The Steelers are still four and two without him. Don't rush him back when he's ready. He can play because the young guys. It hasn't been perfect, but if if you would have told Steelers fans that, hey, you're going to be four and two without Cam Hayward, I, I would have taken that. Ike. I got. I'll speak for myself there. I'd have taken that.
0: Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent, Mark. Like, and. Like Coach T say, man, don't nobody care about how you win. It's all about the left hand collar. You feel me? Wayne, Wayne trying to, Wayne trying to look cute when we win. By the end of the day, we get paid off of W's. <laughs> so, heck, what y'all talking about? Y'all, y'all looking for style points? We we looking, we we looking for, <laughs> we looking for these paychecks and hoisting them to bartis. That's that's all we want to do. We don't care how we get them. Um, but yeah, getting Cam back is gonna be major. Um, I think getting Cam back is gonna be at the right time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like you say, to be four and two at this junction, this is exactly where you wanna be at. To be two and zero in AFC North at this junction, this is exactly where, where, where you wanna be at. So, and you know, we break it down and, and we break it down by quarters. So, you know, every five games, uh, worst case scenario, you go three and two, you know? So for, for Pittsburgh to be at four and two, and to be two and zero in the AFC North right now, um, just putting yourself in prime, in prime, in prime, in prime position. You know, you 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 get through with your, you handle your business in your division. You know, you lock in your playoffs, and that's and that's that's all Pittsburgh want to do: get in the tournament. That's it. So, y'all yeah, ain't tripping, man. Four two, already had the bye. Cam coming back. Deontay keeping him on a pitch count, keeping him healthy. Like the duo between him and KP. Uh I mean Minka's Minka's gonna wake up eventually. You gotta come down in the middle of the field. If, if you start, if you just start paying attention, they staying on the outside with the football. They they leaving Demonte, Kays, and Minka, they're leaving them two boys alone. You know, so but eventually you gotta come see him. You, you, you gotta you got eventually when it gets cold, you gotta throw in the middle of the football field. And Minka's gonna be like, Hey, how you doing? Hey, how you doing?
1: He's <laughs> also leading the team in tackle, so it's not like he hasn't been doing anything. I know the turnovers
0: haven't been there, but They're I coming. think when they come, they'll come in bunches like Boy, you took boy, you read my mind. I was about to say the same thing. You, you got to you you got to come see the Reaper. And that's Minka. You got to sooner or later when the weather gets cold, when you can't throw the ball on the outside as much as when the weather is warm, you got to throw it in the middle and Minka it go, Just going to be sitting right. His spider senses is going to go all the way up. And we're going to have this conversation. Like at the end of November, Mark, talking about what Minka is doing. <laughs> all
1: right. <laughs> we're manifesting this. Like, uh, speaking of cold weather as well, like we've got Montreal, Canada in the house, Rod Young, checking in from Canada. Sure. We're big in Canada. Ike, we've got a few people. Uh, checking in Uh, Jay Miller gaming also says first time catching y'all live. Thank you for checking in as well and watching uh, this morning. I, I, I'm going to leave people with this too. And I I mentioned it off the top of taking care of the football against a team that has 16 takeaways, Andre Cisco, three interceptions, Darius Williams, three interceptions for the Jaguars. Know where those players are at on the field and protect the ball. That's going to be huge for the Steelers on Sunday against the Jaguars. Cannot wait. Uh, I want to thank you, the Believe Network, today's presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag, the listeners and the viewers. I like doing these live shows, Ike, because they come up with questions and comments that I'm not smart enough to think of myself.
0: Man, appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, With the questions coming in live, I want to thank BetOnline.ag for rocking with us. Since day one, one want to thank the Believe in Steelers podcast, Mark, my co-host, got to thank you. Um, it's always love every time we get on the show. Hey, make sure y'all subscribe to us on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, man. Just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Mark and I, y'all know what we do, man. Still a Nation is worldwide. It ain't got nothing to do with America.
1: I love it, Ike. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching Believe in Steelers. We'll be back next week recapping Steelers and Jags NFL trade deadline is Tuesday. And remember Steelers play next week on Thursday night football. So keep it here on the believe in Steelers show. We'll see you then. Take care. and so long, everybody. Peace.